Hi and welcome to the Jewelry Podcast. My name is Cecilia and I am the designer of the Swedish fine jewelry brand Mumbai Stockholm that I founded in a hotel room in India back in 2014. In this podcast, we talk about fine jewelry in a simple way and break away from the norms and customs that have shaped an industry that otherwise is very tainted by rules and traditions. I have no plans to have any commercial breaks or do any sponsored content in this podcast, so you won't have to worry about your listening experience being interrupted. But if you do like the podcast and want me to continue with it, it would be absolutely brilliant, pun intended, if you would give it a few stars or even write a review in the podcast player of your choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or another player. Apparently, it is almost the only way that a podcast can grow organically, at least from what I have learned so far. So it is the single most effective way that you can help. Of course, you don't have to give it five stars. You should give it an honest review based on what you think the podcast deserves and leave a comment if you have constructive criticism. Or why not take the opportunity to multitask and also write down suggestions of topics you would like to hear more about in this podcast. But enough about that. Let's get this show on the road. There are many of you who are wondering, what are the important factors to consider when buying a gemstone or a piece of jewelry with gemstones? Well, today I will talk about the factor that I think is perhaps the most important to consider. And this is important both if you are creating a custom piece together with a goldsmith, if you are browsing the internet and are about to press add to cart, or are bidding on a piece of jewelry on auction. If you don't have the time to listen to the entire episode, I want to kick off with a simple piece of advice. And that is, if you are new to this sparkling world of gemstones and don't know that much about them or don't have an interest in delving deeper into the topic... Pick either diamonds, rubies or sapphires for your jewellery. But because you are still listening, I am guessing you are at least a little bit curious and are wondering why these three. It's because they don't wear with use, require minimal maintenance and will look just as pretty many years from now. The only thing you have to do really is clean the piece of jewellery every now and then. And should you forget it, the ring will look like new once you get around to have it cleaned at a jeweller even if it has been many years. And tossing in some bonus facts. Sapphires and rubies are actually the same stone, but when sapphires grow in mines where there is also chrome, they turn red and are called rubies. All other color variations of sapphire are simply called sapphire. Green sapphire, blue sapphire, and even orange sapphire. This also means that a pink sapphire is nothing else than a light ruby. So now you might understand why rubies generally are more expensive than sapphires. Because sapphires come in so many colors, rubies are only red. Then what is it that makes these three gemstones so special? Why are diamonds, sapphires and rubies so durable? Well, actually a thing that you should know about precious stones is that they wear with use. If you brush off regular dust from your ring, the stone can actually get small scratches. And as the years pass, there will be more and more scratches, which will ultimately make your stone lose its sparkle and look a bit dull. But how much your stone wears depends primarily on one factor. Do you know which? I thought I'd let you guess. There are actually eight factors in total which decides the value of a gemstone. They are color, 
scarcity, how commonly the stone occurs in nature, size, which is measured in carat, hardness, durability, clarity, cut, and how beautiful a stone is perceived to be. This is simply called beauty. All these factors combined determines the demand for a certain gemstone, how attractive it is, and ultimately the price. So I sort of gave it away. One of the factors is even called durability. And now we are talking durability in terms of how long your gemstone will look pretty and not get worn. But then, what is it that happens to a gemstone to wear when you wear it? The four most common things are, it gets visible scratches, it becomes cloudy and matte on the surface and sort of loses its sparkle, it chips or even breaks, or it changes color over time. Far from all precious stones break or chip, that would usually require some serious impact against something very hard. And very few stones actually change color over time. The millions of years it took to create a gem deep down in the earth doesn't come undone just like that. But there are gemstones that are so-called unstable, and they can change color if they are exposed to, for example, very strong light for extended periods of time, like if you store them on a pretty tray in a south-facing window. But the most common thing that happens to gemstones in jewelry is that they become scratched, or worst case, become matte and dull so that, that they lose their sparkle. The horror! So this is something we want to avoid at all costs, especially because you probably spent a fair bit of money and a lot of time to get that sparkle. And there is a specific quality, ironic choice of words, I know, in all gemstones that can cause them to become dull and lackluster. And that has to do with the hardness of that specific gemstone. So in the world of gemstones, hardness is defined by how easily a particular stone scratches. Think about how many times a day you might reach for something in your handbag and how many things that are in there that your rings accidentally touch as you are trying to find what you are looking for. Hello, keys, pens, loose change, charging cables, lip gloss. Yeah, we're gonna stop there. But even if you don't have a handbag, even small dust particles floating around in the air can contain materials that can cause micro scratches. So... Whether you like it or not, your ring will get scratched from you wearing it. But then you might think, a microscopic scratch isn't the end of the world. And you are absolutely right. One scratch makes absolutely zero difference. But if you wear your ring every day, the scratches will add up. And after a few years, it will cause the ring to look matte. And it won't sparkle like it used to when it was new. This becomes very evident if you compare, for example, an aquamarine ring that is a few years old to a brand new one. Now I bet you are thinking something along the lines of, wouldn't it be nice to have some kind of definite scale where you could compare how resilient different gemstones are to scratches so that you could pick the ones at the top of the scale to maximize wearability and still ensure a lifelong sparkle? Well, you are in luck. There is actually exactly such a scale. It is called Mohs Scale of Mineral Hardness. About 200 years ago, a German gemologist ranked 10 minerals based on their hardness. Surprise, his last name was Mo. Since then, gemologists have continued adding to the list, and now all gemstones, and even non-minerals like pearl and corals, are ranked on the list. How exactly does this list work then? Stones? are ranked based on their hardness, where diamond, the hardest material, is graded 10, and chalk, you know that soft white stuff climbers and powerlifters put on their fingers, which is also a mineral, is graded 1. The rest of the materials fall somewhere in between. Gold, for example, has a hardness of 2.5, softer than you might think. Amber is a 2 to 2.5, and, 
and pearls are between 2.5 and, and 4, depending on which kind it is. Tourmalines have a hardness rank of 7.5, morganite and aquamarine 7.5 to 8. Up towards the higher end on the scale, with a hardness rank of 9, we find rubies and sapphires. They are the second hardest stones after diamonds. And now you might understand why it was exactly these three stones I recommended at the start of this episode. They usually remain pretty and sparkling for a very long time because they are so hard they don't scratch very easily. That is also why they can be resold on the second-hand market in a vintage shop or at auction at a very high price even after many years. What is so special about this scale is that you can use it to tell what will scratch a specific stone. Each stone will get scratches from another stone with the same or higher hardness. So, for example, an aquamarine can get scratched by both another aquamarine and a sapphire that is much harder. But if you accidentally ding a pearl with your aquamarine, the pearl will get scratched. And because gold is so soft, you can imagine that if you keep all your jewelry jumbled up in your bag, your gold rings will become scratched pretty quickly, even from the other gemstones. We, the team at Mumbai Stockholm, actually think this scale is so important that we decided to do our own version, which you can see on our website or on the Instagram of Jeweler Podcast, where I also put it up. There you can also compare gemstones to other hard objects, like for example, window glass or a pocket knife. And you can see that window glass has a hardness of 5.5, so most gemstones will actually scratch it and not the other way around. So what should you think about when you pick your gemstone? Do you always have to pick a diamond from now on because it is the hardest? Well, no. Diamonds may still be a girl's best friend, but you can make room for other girls in your gang. I'm going to give you my four best tips that can help you pick the right gemstone now that you know about Mo and the hardness scale. Firstly, have as a rule of thumb that in rings you plan on wearing every day, the stones should have a hardness of at least 7.5. Why? Well, one thing many people don't know or forget is that normal dust, that stuff we have at home under our couches, is mostly made up of quartz. Quartz, as in the same mineral as, for example, rose quartz. Quartz is actually one of the most commonly occurring minerals on Earth, which is also the reason why quartz gemstones are relatively cheap and has a hardness ranking of 7. That means that all gemstones that have a hardness of 7 or lower will be scratched by regular dust. So just brushing dust off a ring with a stone softer or equal to 7 will scratch it. So even the quartz stones will get scratched by dust. Sure, the scratches will be microscopic. Over time, there will be more and more of them. And finally, if you wear it every day, you will notice your amethyst ring becoming dull and losing some of its sparkle. Because amethyst is a quartz. That is why we usually say that stones of hardness 7 and below are soft gemstones. And those with a hardness factor of at least 7.5 are hard. And in your everyday rings, you should have hard stones. I thought at least the most common hard gemstones, and perhaps you'll find your favorite sparkle among them. Or perhaps you'll find a new favorite. Okay, so I'll read them in descending order, with the hardest of these 11 stones first. And the hardest is diamond, then comes sapphire, then ruby, chrysoberyl, topaz, emerald, spinel, morganite, aquamarine, heliodor, and finally tourmaline. 
If you have followed the brand and have paid attention, you might recognize that it is exactly these stones we use in our pieces. And it is for exactly this reason. We want you to be able to wear your Mumbai Stockholm rings every day. Early on in the life of the brand, I decided only to use gemstones with a hardness of 7.5 or higher. Of the stones I listed, there might be one gem that you haven't heard of before. Chrysoberyl. That is because it is a stone that isn't considered the, that beautiful by the greater, greater masses. It is a very hard stone, but it usually has a lime green color that, well, many find difficult to wear. But if you want a unique, durable and affordable stone, then this might be the one for you. So then, which ones are the soft stones, rating 7 or below on most scale of hardness? It's all quartz stones, amethyst, rock crystal, citrine and rose quartz. And also tanzanite, jade, turquoise, moonstone, opal, coral, amber and pearl. This is also why you rarely see opal or amethyst rings marketed as wedding rings. It is simply not stones that should be worn every day for long periods of time. There are sometimes also other reasons than hardness, but we will get to that in a later episode. This doesn't mean that you can't use soft stones for rings. But you need to be a little bit more careful when you wear them. And you need to be aware that jewelry with these stones might need a bit more TLC, tender loving care, than others. And that they depreciate in value quicker. Sometimes you might have to remove the stones from the settings and repolish them every few years. Or be completely replaced. And then you have to pay for a new stone. Which leads me to my second tip. If you really love one of the softer stones, like me, I adore pale pink opals, then use them in earrings or necklaces instead. Then you don't have to worry about accidentally denting the piece because it is much more protected. Or you use it in a cocktail ring that you wear on special occasions and not every day. And when you don't wear it, store it in a sunlight and dust-free environment and moisture-free actually also, like a closed jewelry box, so not in the bathroom. And it will stay pretty for a long time. My third tip is to utilize your newly gained knowledge to your advantage. Now you don't have to feel that you have to pick the most expensive stone just because anymore. Especially not on the pieces that aren't part of your jewelry wardrobe essentials. Sometimes you can allow yourself to pick a stone further down the hardness scale that isn't as pricey. And then you go for the hard ones for your everyday rings or the pieces you might want to pass down to your grandchildren one day. Such a total life hack. Personally, I love white topazes because you can get them cut in quite impressive sizes without having to take out a new mortgage on your house. And then you can add smaller diamonds to amp up the sparkle. The fact is, the harder a stone is, the more it sparkles. So, then you can get a pretty ring with a luscious large white stone that still sparkles like the eyes of children on Christmas morning, thanks to the diamonds, but it isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. The fourth tip... Most good things come in threes, but gemstone advice is the exception. If you want your stone to sparkle as much as possible, it is better to go down in size and pick a harder stone. If you have a budget, which most of us do. This is especially true for lighter stones that easily look dull when a little bit dirty. For example, if you are choosing between a light yellow heliodor or a light yellow sapphire, they might look alike when they are brand new, freshly cut in the studio. But you will notice that the heliodor, the softer of the two, doesn't reflect light quite as well as a sapphire, especially when dirty. So if luster and sparkle is important to you, pick as hard of a stone as possible. 
And remember that light stones aren't as forgiving as darker ones when dirty. To conclude, pick high-quality stones for your most important pieces, your jewelry wardrobe essentials that you want to last for a long, long time and pass down to coming generations, and go wild on the rest. We all have a budget, or 99% of us do, and it is like with everything else, about weighing the pros and cons and working out what is the best choice for you and your needs. And the more knowledge you have, the more delicious and personal jewelry collection you will be able to create for yourself. Then you should know, okay, we can afford a few more, shall we call them words of wisdom, that even if hardness has become one of the most important factors in deciding the price of a stone, a rare pearl or opal, which are soft, as you remember, they can, for example, be super expensive if it is unique enough. There are, after all, seven other factors that also contribute to deciding the price of a stone. And there are also exceptions. A hard stone can be brittle for other reasons, which is the case with emeralds, as an example. But if you learn to navigate most scale of hardness every time you go gem shopping, you have done a lot of the legwork. Remember to ask questions in the shop or the studio and think about how you are going to use the jewelry and then make your decision based on your gut instinct. Remember, you can almost always take the stone out of its setting and polish it or even exchange it in the future. No one else can pick the stone for you, but the more you learn, the better decisions you will be able to make yourself. A massive thanks for joining me today. This is the podcast where we talk about fine jewelry in a simple way. And one last thing. If you want to find out which stones are in the pieces you have at home that you perhaps inherited or got gifted, you can hand them in to a jeweler or to us, and they or we can help you out. When you know which stones are in your different pieces, you will know more about how to care for them or know how much they are worth if you want to sell them at auction. If this episode sparked some thoughts or questions, do slide into our DMs, either Jeweler Podcast or The Jewelry Designer, which is my personal account. If you like the podcast, remember that a comment or rating is worth its weight in gold, or shall we say diamonds. And never forget, you deserve fine jewelry. (laughs) 